everybody, and welcome to T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course we're talking scary movies. Appreciate you tuning in. Make sure, again, if you want to see the rest of these videos here, that you are subscribed to the YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Hit that subscribe button, uh, because this is not a normal episode, as I've been saying in the last uh, last few weeks or so here, that the only episodes you get audio-only versions of is going to be the weekly episodes go up every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on your favorite uh, podcasting platform. But uh, all these other reviews that I'm doing, they are exclusive to the YouTube channel. So you got to make sure you subscribe there to check this out. So tonight we are talking episode two of season two of Chucky. The Sinners are much more fun. If you recall, we left off at the end of episode one as Jake, Devin, and Lexi were say, uh, sent off to the same uh, the same Catholic, uh, Catholic school of the Incarnate Lord, which this was the school that Charles Lee Ray was sent to as a youth that kind of uh, helped us. Uh, we do know that obviously Glenn and Glinda have been cast so presumably next episode we're going to finally get a chance to see them after uh over a decade at this point closer closer to 15 years i think it is now since we've seen glenn and glinda so that's going to be kind of cool to get them most likely in episode three but tiffany's storyline over the course of this episode focused on the fact that she had a uh, detective who was investigating uh, investigating the disappearance of nika pierce and the presumption that Nika might be hiding out with Tiffany, who, again, everybody uh, assumes that Tiffany is Jennifer Tilly because Tiffany has inhabited that body. We got some really funny uh, meta moments in here to where uh, Tiffany is watching Liar Liar and like one of the Gen- one of Jennifer Tilly's courtroom scenes. And it's absolutely fucking hilarious only because Chucky airs on USA and Sci-Fi. And if there's one movie that at least uh, back in the day that USA used to show on regular rotation, a matter of fact, they might've even shown it in the last two weeks. It's Liar Liar. They show that movie over and over and over. I saw Liar Liar in theaters. And so Tiffany's sitting there in Jennifer Tilly's costume from Liar Liar, watching Liar Liar. It's incredibly meta. uh, meta. Nika's calling her out on the fact that it's just sad that she's sitting around. She's not working. They're going to run out of uh, money. As she says, she's burned through her Simpsons money, which how do you burn through Simpsons money that fast at that point? Uh, But uh, the, the plot with Tiffany is very, very interesting because Tiffany's obviously in love with Nika. She loves what Nika provides to her, and she's insane, of course. And we find out that Nika uh, has a secret alliance with Chucky. Because why would Nika ever work with Chucky? But when it comes to the fact that you have no limbs, so you have no way to really do what you need to do, uh, why not at that point? If you got to escape, you might as well turn to the doll that could probably help you out, even if he is going to double cross you at some point. So we're going to see what happens with it. But Tiffany's storyline wrapped up uh, in this episode with her killing this detective that's investigating Nika Pierce's de- uh, disappearance and uh, during the cleanup, the arrival of Glenn and Glinda. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Tiffany. Um, right now, at least, there's been no kind of crossover and involvement with Chucky or any of those other Chucky dolls that we know of yet um i have a feeling that glenn and glinda showing up is just going to make things worse for her just because if you recall uh from seed of chucky that was kind of the storyline is that glenn and glinda were getting pulled 
into uh into like two different like two different directions because Chucky wanted wanted Glenn Glenn and Glinda to be uh to be this murderous murderous child basically to follow the impulses of their dad whereas Tiffany wanted Glenn and Glinda to be well adjusted to be normal and uh, there was this like obvious fight between both these uh both these personalities as to which way Glenn and Glinda were going to go and in the end of the seed of Chucky uh, we see that, you know, their their spirits have been transferred into, you know, to humans at this point, which are presumably the humans that we're seeing here, uh, seeing here in this show. And so it's going to be interesting to see if one of these are very murderous, because, again, one of the personalities was not so murderous back in Seed of Chucky, where one was absolutely batshit insane. So we'll see what happens with them over the course of this show. I do have a feeling that they're both going to be working more with Chucky than they are with Tiffany. So that doesn't bode too well uh, for Miss Valentine, unfortunately. But maybe Nika having Chucky in her might change that. Because if Tiffany loves Nika, well, then maybe the kids will love Nika as well. So we'll stay tuned and find out what's going on with that storyline. But I love it because Jennifer Tilly just absolutely brings light and electricity Anytime she's on screen, she's so bubbly, she's so fun, even when she's murdering people. And that actually makes her a little bit scarier, too, because she is certifi uh, certifiably insane. So I'm looking forward to seeing more what's going to happen with Tiffany, Nika, uh, Glenn, and Glenda. We'll see what goes down with that. But back at the School of the Incarnate Lord, Jake, Devin, and Lexi meet the headmaster, Father Bryce, who is played by Devin Sawa, and they also notice that Father Bryce looks a little bit like uh, like Jake's dad, which is fun. I hope that as long as this show goes on, they keep bringing Devin Sawa back to play different characters, honestly, because I think that's phenomenal. I think that's absolutely phenomenal, and uh, like just have it be like a, a new character every time that's also a long-lost family member. I think that's fantastic. Um, and here's the thing. We don't know because as much as I joke about it, we could end up rolling this season out and find out that uh, Father Bryce has some relation to Jake and his dad or Jake and his uncle. We'll see. We'll see with that. But we find out that uh, Father Bryce is a little bit, uh, is a very, very much straight nose and has no time for stories about doll, about killer dolls and about boys and girls and all these things. And we get more, uh, more uh, I don't know, similarities, more homages. Like, there's more in common with Child's Play 3 during this uh, the season. And I love that because, again, I'm a big fan of Child's Play 3. Of course, you know, Child's Play 2 is the best. One follows right under that. But Child's Play 3 was one that uh, it kind of lived in legend for me as a kid because I was so obsessed with Chucky. It took me a while to actually get to see it. And when I did, even though it's tamer compared to the first two, um, I just think the fact that Andy had, at the time, had nobody else to protect him, I found that absolutely fascinating at a military school. And we're getting that again because not only are they at this school with nobody really looking out for these kids anymore, but even when Chucky does show up, because yes, it was a Chucky doll, obviously, that was donated for the toy drive, Chucky ends up killing one of the nuns there at the school by heart attack, which again... Flashes, a back, uh, flashes us back to Child's Play 3 when he killed the, uh, uh, oh god, I forget it. I think he was the headmaster of the um, uh, of the military school of Ken Academy that, Chucky, uh, that Andy was at at the time. So there is a lot of parallels to Child's Play 3 being brought up. Now, 
we find out things are just getting worse and worse and worse for the trio as well too as jake and devin can't really do anything about the relationship where jake even tells devin that they need to be on the down low because of the fact they're at a catholic school and obviously uh you know being gay isn't something that they're gonna look too fondly on with these boys and i think that this rift between jake and devin is just gonna continue to grow and grow and grow and that doesn't bode well for chucky being there because chucky is likely gonna exploit that at some point and you know, it, it wouldn't be crazy to think that he tries the Lord Devin most likely to his side because of the fact that this relationship isn't being allowed to flourish. And I get it. It's crazy times right now. You know, there are murders happening and they've been accused of a murder. So maybe the relationship isn't the most important thing. But you can see that Devin is hurting from the fact that him and Jake don't have any kind of relationship seemingly happening right now. Lexi as well is still taking everything, uh, the events of the first season, incredibly hard as even with a murder accusation and being sent off to Catholic school, she unfortunately is still uh, taking drugs to manage the pain and to kind of get through everything that she's dealing with. And this doesn't even include the fact that Chucky seems to be gathering evidence against these kids. Uh, as we've been able to see here, uh, Chucky has not been attacking them. He hasn't been targeting them. He's just been taking photos uh, of Jake in various states, as well as Lexi as well, too. He's been taking a bunch of selfies. And one could assume most likely this is to set the kids up. That if for any reason the kids are able to defeat the Chucky, uh, this particular Chucky or any more that are coming to this school, then it might be some kind of fail-safe plan that Chucky has to still get them screwed for maybe the death of the nun. We don't know. We have no idea yet. Um, but uh, throughout the episode, we find out that Jake, Devin, and Lexi are able to capture Chucky, but they don't kill him because they come to the conclusion that Chucky must be some kind of scout for the other ones. That, yeah, a number of Chucky survived, the, survived that crash with Andy. We don't know how many, but this Chucky's assignment clearly wasn't to show up and to kill these kids. This Chucky's assignment... Uh, was to show up and gather intel. He is very obviously a scout. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this plays out here. And if Jake, Devin, and Lexi decide ultimately that it's worth keeping Chucky alive versus uh, killing him, which is probably the smart idea. And then there is uh, uh, the fact that Lexi discovers one of her childhood roommates, uh, or childhood roommates, childhood bullies, Trevor, uh, who tormented her when she was younger that Lexi was afraid of running into is at this school. And when she tries to exert the dominance to make sure that Trevor doesn't mess with her, uh, Trevor kind of flips that back around on her. And we have to know that obviously there's going to be an issue with Trevor over the course of this season. Now, who knows? Maybe Trevor will work with Chucky as well, too. Maybe Trevor's just going to be an unfortunate victim. We don't know that yet, but we know there's trouble in store coming here for these three kids, obviously. Um, so who knows? Who knows at this point what's going to end up coming out of this? Uh, I think that the second second season is off to a fantastic start right now. Um, these storylines are absolutely great. And the fact that uh, these kids, these kids are in such, such a dangerous position right now. There isn't anybody here uh, to help them at all. I think that uh, I, I think that they're in for some unfortunate surprises. Uh, they got some bad things coming to them, and we're only in episode two at this point. We're only in episode two, so you know 
what's what else could happen what else could happen in this season so i want to hear what you think is coming up here in chucky uh obviously every wednesday night on usa in sci-fi you know we watch it in our watch party so if you want to come and join us hey shoot me a message we'll get you in to watch it with us here now folks but stay tuned we got more chucky coming up I apologize for the delay in getting these new episode coverage out for y'all. Um, again, it's been a very, very busy month and a half now. And so Killer Camp, unfortunately, had to take a little bit of a back burner. But we're back. We're going to keep on working through the episodes as the show has airs, aired its finale. I've managed to avoid spoilers at this point, too. They're sitting on the DVR. But we're jumping right into it. If you recall, in the previous episode, uh, we were left with the campfire with a couple of our campers sent out to meet with Bruce. And unfortunately, it turned out to be Valentina. Valentina was gruesomely murdered at the camp dance recital by Bruce, with Bruce spinning her around and around and around and around until her forearms ripped off and she was flung against a tree, which broke her neck. And this was unfortunate because now at this point, uh, everybody that was involved in the love triangle with uh, uh, um, uh, uh, with Clyde ended up taking a dive at this point. There, you know, we talked about it earlier this season that you know if you had uh, if you had that interest in Clyde, it just wasn't going to end up working out for you. And Valentina unfortunately learned that the hard way, and it sucks because I like Valentina. A lot of people really enjoyed Valentina, but she kind of had to go because there was a slight bit of suspicion that some of the things she was doing and saying around camp was uh, was very villainous. And I think Bruce and our killer definitely took note of that and tried to take her off the board to add some confusion and maybe turn some eyes elsewhere to the rest of the campers. And that brought us to the next night after obviously Valentina didn't come back that we got to see a very interesting romance here uh, again between Lindy and Gabe that there's something very very nice and interesting and fun going on with Lindy and Gabe as we saw in the previous episode that this was kind of building but unfortunately this was cut short as remember Bobby said in the last episode that it was going to be double murder day double murder day and we find out here that at the beginning of this episode that uh Lindy was killed. Lindy ends up getting killed when Bruce, out of nowhere, decides to lock the rest of the campers in their bunk and uh, gruesomely snatches up Lindy and pulls her under the water when she's out on the dock fishing. And that's it. And this added something new and shocking to the show because I didn't realize that, uh, again, they don't make it clear. They don't make it clear the way that the eliminations really work. Um, some weeks, the campers get to choose that themselves, obviously. But uh, they don't always get to do that. And so just the fact that Bruce and the killer seems to be able to make that choice the majority of the time. Um, it was interesting that we didn't really go that route this time. And that Lindy was just taken off. And that was it. I, I thought that was incredibly, incredibly interesting. The fact that... Uh, we didn't get an elimination. They didn't want to do a double elimination, actually, like we kind of assume was happening here. Instead, uh, Lindy was just pulled off and killed, and that was the end of her. And very, very interesting to go that route. That's okay, though. That's okay, because we had more interesting things going on in the episode. Because keep in mind, 
um, Mora pointed out after they started having a discussion of who the killer could be that there's now some suspicion on Bella because they started thinking again about the clues that were brought up about designer tastes and about the jobs that they've worked before. And a number of campers were agreeing with it. But Clyde, who has raised suspicion himself about possibly being the killer, mentioned the fact that they need to stop making accusations based on who they like and who they dislike. Like, they have to look at the facts because that's kind of what happened in season one was that the campers really were going along with who they like, who they liked or who they weren't a fan of. And that ended up screwing them over ultimately when there ended up being two killers along with Bobby. So Clyde brings up a good point that they can't be here thinking on emotion. They have to actually be looking at the facts of this as if they look at it any other way they're just going to get screwed here now bobby then got the campers together for their money game seesaw the campers would be placed on a balance beam and then they would have to shuffle around on that beam where one camper was going to be answering a question from bobby uh that was going to be bait like that was going to be keeping the team balanced now gabe ended up getting being picked to answer bobby's questions while everybody else is on the balance beam during it and a lot of tension got brought out in this game because there was questions about you know who gabe thought was the most funniest who's the least funniest who's the smartest who's the least smartest who he thinks the killer could possibly be and this ruffled quite a lot of feathers obviously because it's breaking up any kind of harmony that they might have gotten together after lindy's untimely death and of course after valentina's death as well too and i love the fact that this game uh, amongst a lot of the other ones just building these this this division it's not allowing them to work together and it's like a horror movie because that's how horror movies work out too is that you build all of this division because it helps your killer out and the killer is obviously enjoying what's happening here and unfortunately during this uh the a lot of eyes are being pointed to sj as the killer as gabe and uh gabe and clyde kind of push the fact that he's been sliding under the radar and that because of that it seems very much that sj could be hiding something but you got to remember rest of the camp absolutely loves sj and so this seemed to be like the tipping point finally for gabe and clyde's uh, bromance they've controlled a lot of power this season thus far and it seems the campers are finally tired of that and they're now looking at the idea that well if gabe and clyde are running this game something could be up whether it's both of them or whether it's one of them we have to start looking at the two of them for it now the camp campers did manage to bag a little bit of cash. They brought their current total to $9,335, but the killer still rating over them with $10,920. So they got to do better. They don't have that much time left to get money and beat out this killer. And again, that just brings us right back to Clyde and Gabe, who have had a hold on this game pretty much since week one, whether it's immunity or whether it's bringing in, you know, the most money during their challenges. Um, they're starting to get a lot of looks from the rest of the campers, which is not a great sign for the two of them. And the campers again had to start trying to figure out who they think the killer could possibly be. And a lot of eyes were again, going back to Mora, who has been my choice again, since episode one, um, and focusing on why in the previous episode, she didn't try to make a deal with SJ for immunity. And, uh, it, it's very interesting. It's very interesting because 
Again, that does make a lot of sense. You know, SJ offered her clear immunity in the last episode. Why wouldn't you have taken that? And, you know, she thinks that she wouldn't be up uh, as another suspect as the killer. But it's like, Mora, you've done a lot of suspicious stuff this season. I think you're the killer. So you should have taken that immunity to at least thrown eyes off of you. And it didn't matter because she didn't end up winning the immunity uh, challenge in the previous episode anyway. But it really seems like she should have taken SJ up on that plan to kind of divert attention away from her. Now, uh, uh, the campers then got introduced to their immunity challenge here where it was, I know what you did last sumo, obviously a rift on a very popular, uh, old school slasher that we all know from the nineties. And the campers basically had to bounce each other off a platform in the lake. So they were each placed on a platform and sumo style had to like knock the other person off with the last person standing, uh, getting, uh, getting immunity for the upcoming elimination. Now, Gabe, of course, ended up walking away with the win and shared immunity with his buddy Clyde in this case. And that brought us to the end of the episode, where again, the campers had to uh the campers had to get somebody sent off to meet with Bruce for a gruesome, gruesome end at the end of this episode. Now, of course. We're not going to spoil who ended up going in. You're going to have to tune in to the next coverage of our next episode of Killer Camp to find out who ended up losing their life here. But again, I'm imploring Shudder. I'm imploring uh, 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 Screenbox, somebody out there, to pick this show up because I know uh, the show is technically done. It's finished. They said it was the series finale recently that aired. Um, but I think there's life in this show. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't actually seem that expensive to produce compared to a lot of other reality shows that are out there. I think there could be a lot of life with it. And I also think that you have a lot of people out there who would make as a fantastic host of this show should you not get Bobby back, you know? You could bring in Cassandra Peterson. You could bring uh, bring in Diana uh, Prince, Darcy the Mar uh, Mall Girl. Uh, there's a lot of folks out here I feel you could pull on to work as camp, uh, camp counselors or host of this show. So folks, let them know, tweet them, tell them that you want Killer Camp to continue because there is a space for it, I believe. But stay tuned in, folks, because I'm going to be covering more episodes coming up here of Killer Camp. Hey everybody, I appreciate you checking out this video, whether it was a review, whether it was a new episode, whether it was an unboxing, an interview, or whatever else. I want to remind you, you can check out my separate reviews also on my YouTube page, and new full episodes go up every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time, and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8pm Mountain Standard Time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like and share. My name is T, we've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.